It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Mark my words. I, Paul, tell you that if you let yourself be circumcised, Christ will be of no value to you at all. Again, I declare to every man who lets himself be circumcised that he is obligated to obey the whole law. Verse four, you who are talking, stop talking. For Jesus, I'm just kidding, that's not in here, but really, okay. Verse four, you who are trying to be justified by the law have been alienated from Christ. You have fallen away from grace. For through the Spirit, we eagerly await by faith the righteousness for which we hope. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. Verse seven, you were running a good race. You were running a good race. You were. Who cut in on you to keep you from obeying the truth? Underline that if you have anything or highlight it or tweet it or Insta it or snap it or whatever. Who cut in on you to stop you from obeying the truth? That kind of persuasion does not come from the one who calls you. A little yeast works through the whole batch of dough. I am confident in the Lord that you will take no other view the one who is throwing you into confusion, whoever that may be, will have to pay the penalty. Let's talk about exactly what that means. Galatians 5. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free in verse one. Stand firm. Here's the deal. This is written by Paul. Remember Paul, we talked two weeks ago, we talked about Stephen being stoned, not like, okay, but like rocks thrown at him, stoned. Okay, a lot of y'all went home like, Oh, man, he talked about being stoned. It was crazy. No, like rocks thrown at him, okay? Just clear it up for all you people. <laughs> but, but as Stephen was being stoned, if you remember, it says that the ones that were doing it laid their coats at the feet of Saul. Saul was there watching Stephen be stoned, who now has written most of the New Testament. His name is now Paul because God intervened and changed his direction and his life. So this is Paul who watched Christians murdered. Paul is writing this. And there are some false teachers that have been brought to this church, false teachers, people who are acting like Christians, but really they are persuading people to go the other direction. And he says right here, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Not for anything else, but for freedom because, check this out, as a Christian, when you accept Christ into your heart and you have a relationship with him, you should be living in freedom. You should. But I meet a lot of Christians who they're not walking in freedom. They're walking in a yoke of slavery, which he says at the second part of Verse one, if you look at that period, he said you should be in freedom. And then he says, don't let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. A yoke is what they would put around donkeys or horses or whatever 
It's a big piece of wood, and you put two of them, their heads in there, and they would pull it, and they would pull the plow, and that's a yoke. It says, don't be burdened by slavery again. Slavery, what he's talking about right there, is actually sin. He says, don't be burdened. And here's, now he's gonna tell us what we need to do. Verse two, mark my words. I, Paul, tell you that if you let yourself be circumcised, Christ will be of no value to you at all. Again, I declare, he's saying this twice. Again, I declare to every man who lets himself be circumcised that he is obligated to obey the whole law. Verse four, you who are trying to be justified by the law have been alienated from Christ. Those who have super ADD and are really lost, I'm with you, I'm gonna help you, hang with me. Alienated from Christ, you have fallen away from grace. Here's what he's saying, a good, he's saying this, good people don't go to heaven. Good people don't go to heaven. Saddest thing that I, I hear sometimes is whenever someone at a, at a funeral and I'm saying, so uh, were, were they, you know, did, were they a Christian? Like, well, they're a really good person. Really good people. Really nice people. Really sweet people. Don't enter heaven. Understand that. People with a relationship with Jesus enter heaven. And here's what he's saying. is like, it's, it's just not about being good. Good works, doing good things, being a nice person doesn't save you. Having the most friends at school doesn't save you. Going to church, going to church. Some people think if I go to church at Christmas and I go to church at Easter, you know what? I'm good. I'm good. Check, check. I can even show up 10 minutes before the message is over. Check. Maybe you felt maybe you're coming to live and because you do that, man, check. God saw me. You saw me here. God, you know what's up. You know what I'm saying? Mm -mm. Being a good person, going to church, getting baptized doesn't save you. Understand this. You saw all these students get baptized. It is so awesome. We'll probably have it again tonight. We'll have another opportunity. Going under the water and coming back up doesn't save you. That is a symbol going to church and saying a few things after a, some, a priest says something and you saying it back does not make you enter heaven. Having the most friends and likes and stuff on Instagram, like you have a K by your followers and, or a 10 and a K or a 100 and a K and you're really cool. That, you didn't get to heaven, Jesus like, cool, I never knew you. Being the best at basketball, trust me, I'm not it, but it doesn't save you. That's what he's saying right here. He's saying this. He's talking about circumcision. He is saying by doing this thing is not going to save you, church. That's what he's saying in a lot of words. And that's what I want to tell you tonight. Is that only thing that will save you, the only thing, check this out. If you wanna walk in freedom, maybe today you're walking around and you feel heavy and you feel like I got so much on my shoulders, so much going on, life is hard. Well, maybe you need to work on that relationship with Jesus and stop worrying about all these other things that the enemy throws at us because what it does is it weighs us down. Verse five, for through the spirit we eagerly await 
by faith the righteousness for which we hope. It says this, we wait for Jesus by faith. What is faith? Faith is simple, but it's really hard. Faith is this. Faith is believing in things you cannot see. That's what faith is. Well, what's faith? Faith is believing in things you cannot see, which is Jesus. He says to wait by faith. Guys, faith, faith is the reason that people fall from the faith. To be a Christian, you have to have mad faith. You have to know, you have to trust. And strong faith, man, that is, that is what it's about. And let me just tell you what happened to me personally last week. Last week, we were supposed to, I was supposed to do this message last week. But on Tuesday of last week, I, just, I, was, I was helping some friends of mine teach for Youth Sunday. And as Hannah was, was teaching, I was up here, you know, saying whatever and being whatever and talking. And then at that moment, last Tuesday, last Tuesday, I said, I, I told my team, I told Hannah, I said, Hannah, you're speaking tomorrow. That was last Tuesday. She's like, huh? I said, you're going to speak tomorrow. And from that moment all the way up to when Hannah got on the stage and Brandon got on the stage, let me just tell you something. There were probably six or seven people that told me that's a real bad idea. Sorry, Hannah, no offense. Said, Michael, you need to teach. Michael, they're not ready. Michael, a girl can't do an invitation. Michael, she is not ready. Michael, da 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 all these people. Man, you can't do that. You can't do that. Man, man, we need you to do the invitation. We need you to do it. And I kept saying, no, 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 no. Hannah's going to do it. And I'm going to tell you right now, someone is going to accept Christ. I was saying this last Tuesday and Wednesday, y'all. I said, somebody is going to accept Christ after they get done teaching. Hannah's going to do the invitation, she's going to crush it, and some human is going to say, I need Jesus. And so I'm sitting over here last Wednesday, last Wednesday at Live, and all these people telling me all this stuff. I mean, people of influence telling me that's not a good idea. And I'm telling you, the only person that mattered to me for those 24 hours was Jesus, because he was telling me Hannah needs to teach. Well, Michael, how'd you know that? How'd you know he told you that? Michael. Michael. Yes, God? Hannah must teach, 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 teach. I don't know if that's what he sounds like, okay? Because I've never heard his voice like that. But I read the word and I pray a lot. And there's moments, check this out, when by faith you know that he is telling you to do something, students. And by faith, I knew that that was the right thing to do. And so I'm sitting over here last Wednesday night, and it was packed. We had 971 people in this room last Wednesday night. And I promise you, I wanted to be up here teaching. I love it. Like, I love it. And I'm like fired up. I'm like, Wah! they're going. The music was great. Brett was crushing all this stuff. Brandon gets up, just knocks it out of the park. And then Hannah gets up, and I'm like, y'all get ready. I'm probably hitting Ryan, or, you know, y'all better get ready. Someone's gonna accept Christ. Someone's, it's, it's gonna be a girl. I'm even that crazy. Like, oh, you just got lucky. Not even lucky. That's called Jesus. And so Hannah goes, she crushes. If you missed last week, you missed. Obviously. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, okay, what? Hannah gets up, she talks about billboards, she talks about the light, and then she goes in her invitation. And I, th I think 
I'm not sure the total number, but I know for sure six people, for sure six people, six teenagers stood up and said yes to Jesus Christ. And I'm over here like, yeah. I don't know if you saw me. I was freaking out last week. I'm crying like, I love you, Jesus. You know, like, and it, it, was, it was awesome. It was awesome. And I was so excited to go and tell my team on the, the next day we have a meeting about this stuff. And I'm like, I'm, you need to trust Jesus. When he tells you to do something, do it. No matter what anybody says. Someone says, well, I'm going to fire you. Okay, God told me to do it. So guess I'm going to get fired. No one told me that, by the way. Whatever it is for you. If God is telling you to do something, do you, listen, do you have enough faith to know whenever he's telling you to do something and then to really act on it no matter what everybody else is saying and doing around you? Do you have enough faith? Do you really trust in him enough that you're willing to lose everything for him? Because I'm letting you know. And you're like, well, you're Michael. You don't really care what people think. And that, you know, that's not really me. And I understand that. But I really do care what people think. That's real. But I really care what he says. And that's what he's saying right here. Verse five, for through the spirit we eagerly await by faith the righteousness for which we hope. Verse six, for in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. He's saying this, stop just doing stuff to try to get to heaven. Doing stuff doesn't get you to heaven. If you would like to be in a religion that wants to do stuff to get to heaven, there's a lot out there, a lot. Those other religions, maybe they come knocking on your door and they say, hey, you're whatever. Well, you need to do this, 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 and this, and you'll go to heaven. You're like, that's a lot of work. I just want to love Jesus. That's what he's saying right here. He's saying, look, it, it doesn't matter how many verses you know. It doesn't matter how many beach retreats you've been to. It doesn't matter that you're whatever. It doesn't matter. Do you know Jesus? Verse seven, you were running a good race. It's kind of like Paul has ADD. It's like talking about circumcision, talking about slavery. He's like, you were running a good race. What? Paul, what's up, man? Paul was an athlete. Paul liked athletics. He says, you were running a good race. Who cut in on you to keep you from obeying the truth? Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. H-E-B, I don't like the spot. Here's why. Because there's people there, and I don't like people. Okay, but that's where I go to get groceries. Not true. I use Instacart. They deliver it. Whatever. But when I have to go get groceries, which is rare, I go and there's a line. Okay, lines bother me. Lines bother. You know my staff. Lines are bad. Anytime I see a line, it's like, oh, we we failed. We hit failed. A line is at church. Lines are bad. Especially whenever you have a child sitting here in front of you. His name is Ayler, my son. And he wants everything around and he's tired and he's screaming and these people and I'm in a long line and I'm trying to be nice, Pastor Michael. <laughs> Jesus loves you, I think. You know, and you're sitting there and your son's you're like, oh, shut up, okay? Just be good. I love you, Ayla. I love you, son. And then you're, you're, you're like right there and then someone decides to cut in line at the grocery store. Let me tell you something. That happened. That's real. That human cut. Like, who does that? That's your parents? That's bad, okay? They're probably not Christians. Now listen, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. I shouldn't have said that, but maybe. I don't know. But how dare that person cut in front of me when I'm, I, am, I am with my son and I'm getting my chocolate milk or whatever it was I had to get, diapers and 
formula. Y'all don't even know. And that person cuts in front of me, and I'm just telling you, like, what I did in that moment was so good. Because what I wanted to do, I'd be like, hey, let me tell you something, bro, okay? I will fight you, okay? But that person cuts in front of me, and I am, like, angry in my soul. And he turns around and goes, hey, you work in second. I was like, oh, great. Great. You're the guy that teaches it live. I saw you on the TVs. You yelling stuff. I'm like, yeah, thanks, man. You, you cut in front of me. I didn't say that, but I was like, yeah, just go ahead, you know? Go ahead. Or when you're in line, okay, these people, these people, man, they got issues, okay? I've talked about this before. This is just, this is therapy for me, okay? Welcome to my counseling session, all right? These people, when you're in line in your car, okay, a lot of y'all don't drive yet, but you, you witness your parents losing their souls, okay? <laughs> and, and you're in line, like a long line, like, like if you live over in the Firethorn area, you understand the, uh, the, that exit right there, and you're on, you just wanna turn left on 4063, but it's like backed up from here all the way to Chick-fil-A, okay? And you're like, I just wanna go home. <laughs> Can we widen the road? Okay, and you're in line. Like a, like, a, like a nice person, you're sitting there on the left because you're gonna turn left. People on the right go straight or turn right. That's the rules. But no, you got some dummy, okay? Because they are. What do they do? They get in the right lane and if I ever see any of you, I will ram you, okay? <laughs> I will ram you and say that it was your fault. <laughs> I'm just kidding. If I get in a wreck tonight, like, oh, he said it, he said it. <laughs> but man, they... they they, they cut me off, and I'm like, and you miss the light, and you're stuck, and you almost get, man, people cutting is major, or, or, okay, this is real. One more. I'm running out of time. That was all real. This is real, too. All my stories are real. One lady came over to my house. We invited a family over for dinner, and they said, and she said, no joke, she said, hey, Michael, are your stories real that you tell? I said, get out of my house. I didn't say that, but they are real. This one, no joke. So I'm in, I'm in line. I'm in line. I want the, uh, the new iPhone. Yes, I have issues. And I'm in line, and they're only giving a certain number out, okay? I, I want it. I have major issues. I understand, and I'm there. And all of a sudden, um, they're giving out stickers, and this person, um, apparently that was his chair. I didn't know that. I didn't know he had a chair there, okay? I didn't know. I actually sat in it for a little bit. <laughs> they're handing out the, the things. You get a ticket, okay? They're handing them out. He gets out of his car that was parked right there, gets out of his car, and he comes and he grabs the last one. <laughs> and I think God's just like, what now, Michael? What you gonna do? Nothing, Lord, sweet Jesus. I need you. But man, I, I could go on and on and on about people cutting in on us. And that's what Paul is saying. When you are running the race, check it out. He says right here, you were running a good race. Who cut in on you to keep you from obeying the truth? Who cut in on you to get you away from the relationship you have with Jesus? Who cut in on you? Who cut in on you? What cut in on you? What is it in your life that you were running a great race for him? You were going straight after him. God was moving. Things were awesome. You were doing your devotion, having a quiet time, coming to church, doing all the great things that, you know, we just do as we're growing in our walk with the Lord and you're, and you're just living life and you're doing awesome things. And all of a sudden, your life is derailed. Here's why. 
You allowed someone to cut in on you. You allowed the enemy to cut in on you. So what is it for you? Maybe it's your phone. Maybe you spend so much time on that, but you don't spend any more time with him. Maybe it's your friends who are bringing you down like crazy. Stay with me, students, because you need to hear this. Maybe it's your friends that you're hanging out with that are bringing you down, that your relationship with God was awesome. I just talked to a sweet girl the other day, and, and she said, man, my, Michael, my, I was on fire for him, and then I had these friends. And she allowed her friends to cut in on her and totally derailed her. He says right here, what is it that cut in on you? Verse eight, that kind of persuasion does not come from the one who calls you. God did not cause you to do that. God does not cause you to sin. Understand that. God gets a lot of blame. Well, if God, God did this. God, no, 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 no. Read this verse in verse eight, Galatians 5, eight. Check this out. That kind of persuasion, that kind of cutting, that kind of stuff does not come from the one who calls you, which is God. Verse nine, a little yeast works through the whole batch of dough. Paul, where did that come from? What? Now we're talking about baking, bread, and working out that doesn't go together. He says a little yeast works through the whole batch of dough, saying this, just a little bit of yeast will cause that bread to rise. Saying this, a, if you let just a little bit into your life, it will derail you and get you off the path. And so in your life right now, what is it that is cutting in on you? And the thing is, is that for some of us in the room, that thing is like this bag right here. I went on a trip this past weekend and I love to watch people and I love to watch them in the airports. And you hear over the intercom, if you have a bag, please make sure that you don't give it to anybody because they're probably bad people. Watch your bag. If anybody hands you a bag, don't take it. And over the, just all over, guard your bag, watch your bag, hold your bag. And you just see people, you know, just and they're like going to the bathroom and it's like, it's like right here, okay? They're going to the bathroom and they're, you know, they're sitting on their bag while they're waiting for the plane, like. And they're just, they're, they're just holding their bag, like, like, what's up, how you doing? I'm just going to Tulsa. I'm going to Dallas, really. And then what makes people real mad, I don't know if y'all experience airport life, but whenever you have a bag like this that actually can fit on the plane, they come up to you and say, hey, by the way, it's all full up top, so we're gonna have to take your bag and it's gonna go under the plane. People are like, no! And they lose their minds. They're like, seriously? I mean, it's small. It'll fit. I'm, I'm, I, I know. I'll make it fit. And people just love their bags. They're just, they're just hanging on to it like craziness. And we're laughing at that. But the truth is, the thing that is cutting in on us at times is like that bag. We just hang on to it. We're like, I, I can't let it go. I can't end this friendship. I can't end this relationship. I can't stop doing this thing. If I do this, oh, I don't know what's gonna happen. And you just hang on to it. I, I, I can't stop doing this. I, I just can't. And you hang on to that bag. And you hang on to it. And you hang on to it. And you look real silly. And God is saying this. Hey, how about, how about you just give me that bag? You give me that. I'm gonna take it because I died on the cross. And I rose again so that I can take that bag, that thing that is cut in on you as you were running this race, why don't you go ahead and give it to me? And I will take care of it. And tonight for you, 
what is it right now in your heart and in your mind? You are thinking of something right now. That's the bag. And that's God saying, you need to give me that now. So do it. With no one looking around.